Sustainably Influenced, the podcast guiding you through the minefield of sustainability with your hosts Charlotte Williams and Bianca Foley. This season we are deep diving into the relationship between fashion and sustainability, discussing everything from intersectionality to tech-led innovations in the industry and what consumers can do to make a real positive impact. episode we are delving into a brand new area for us we as influencers are no strangers to photography and photo shoots but what impact does what we do and the wider fashion industry have on the environment can photography be carbon neutral as well as environmentally and socially impactful we're speaking with Eunice Pies founder of Pies Agency to find out just that hey Eunice nice to have you on the podcast today hello everybody thank you so much for having me as we said in the intro, I don't think either of us have really considered the impact of photography as part of the fashion industry. So for those of our audience who, like us, are unaware, could you explain this impact and why changes to the industry are necessary and how does your business actually work? It's a business that, until you explained it to me a few years ago, I was like, oh, that exists. So talk us through it and what is it you do? I'll try to articulate as clearly as I possibly can but starting from the beginning, the reason why fashion photography is so particular and I'm so passionate about beyond the fact that I'm a fashion photographer is its inherent adjacency to the fashion industry. So it's only natural if one industry is adjacent to the other or contingent on the other that certain behaviors are mirrored back. And I'll exemplify. So imagine me as a freelance photographer, want to do an editorial, whatever and I pull clothes from a fashion brand. Usually that fashion brand will send samples and samples are known to be smaller sized. So when I receive those size, what do I do? I hire a model of that size, right? And create a full story around whatever is my vision. So inadvertently, I am actually perpetuating something that might not be realistic to the world we live in whether it's beauty standards, size standards, and all historical, visual, anything that visually we can contribute on. And that's just a simple example of one of the many ways that we unconsciously perpetuate certain types of narratives just because we're so close to each other as industries. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Give us an environmental example as well. So another thing that happens when usually we pull clothes from designers is that they usually send extras and that in on itself with packaging and shipping just creates a CO2 output that is unnecessary for everybody. So again, very simple, something that can be easily mitigated if we communicate that we're just using five looks and these are the pulls, please don't send more, sending various sizes or something like that. I was at a breakfast this morning with some influencers and we were talking about a brand, quite a big brand. And one of the influencers said that she recently pulled some pieces for some content and they sent her loads of bits over and she didn't want them all. So she was like, cool, I'll send them back because I didn't need all of this stuff. And they didn't want them back because they don't have a way to resell, recycle, reuse. So they were just like, no, you keep it. And she was like, I don't need them or want them and there was like a bit of back and forth but that's just like one brand that happens all the time and it's like what happens to those clothes afterwards 
That's actually happened to me. So just continuing on from this, actually, I feel like we're all a bit quiet on this one because it's really given us a bit of food for thought, especially Charlotte and I as influencers. It's making me think there are a lot of issues within the industry that we've all known about, but discussing them in a forum like this has made it more apparent for me. There's a large amount of waste in photography, whether that be electronic waste, packaging, or even like the product itself, like you said, people sending extras that are completely unnecessary. How are you able to reduce your waste production in shoots to ensure that what you do has the least impact? I'll give you a full overview as to why PIES exists, because things are connected. We oftentimes separate certain issues, social and environmental issues, but I think it's important to have an overview and to see how then those can be tackled separately, but in a quantum approach. When I started photographing, I realized three massive problems. First of all, working with ethical fashion brands in terms of their budgets and their accessibility of having visual stories that are representative of the good that they're making were comparatively low to those of brands who don't necessarily care for the environment nor its people. Secondly, I realized how much waste goes into the actual productions. And we talked about clothes, but it's food, it's props, it's packaging, it's traveling people to and from the equipment that a photographer uses and maybe a stylist and a makeup artist and so on. And the clothes itself with the extra pulls and other things. Finally, I also noticed that the visual stories lacked of social and cultural consideration. So whether it's mis misrepresentation, underrepresentation or appropriation, more over inequity in work opportunities, inequity in access in decision-making roles within a photo production. So this is why PICE exists. So one of the ways to reduce our impact in terms of the environment is that we hire locally. So we work with our community and we stipulate a radius to how far we can travel people to and from and how we can mitigate that traveling. We reuse and repurpose everything. Obviously we ban plastic on set and we are, uh, well, I am very strict with certain policies. So I inform my clients of such. We use natural light more than renewable energies like strobes and, and so on. And all the shipping is offset by investing in different programs that elevate the community or the communities that the brand or client or partner are committed in elevating as well. It's so incredible when you think about it. There are so many ways, as you said, to mitigate the waste or the, the, the impact that you're making. And I've just come back from a holiday and I said to my partner about offsetting the carbon emissions from the plane. And he was like, oh, I don't know what that is. Can you explain it to me? So I was telling him all about it. And it was like, nobody really knows about these things unless you tell them. I find that it's, the information isn't readily available. So you have to go and search these things out for yourself. You can mitigate and negate what you're doing in every kind of facet I think it just it's up to you to invest in those good projects out there that are doing the good work this is really interesting I mean for me I'm I'm sitting here listening as if I'm a member of the audience and really trying to absorb it all. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to have these conversations because before Eunice created the agency I didn't know this existed but I had worked in this industry for a really long time and I know for a fact that a lot of brands and people that we work with it's not something that's on their radar it's not something that's a problem for them but then they will think about things in the sense of like oh we need to be quote unquote more sustainable so with their packaging or you know whatever it might be they'll showcase sustainability as important part of their structure but this side this the shoot the sets the model, I think there's a, a line where you're 
business meets mine, Eunice, in the sense that when you talk about ethics on sets, that's when I talk about inclusivity. Yeah, I think it's just interesting because it's when you think about sustainability, something we always talk about, it's not necessarily just the planet, it's the people. It is about people because once you start working with community in mind, it's unbelievable the array of ingenuity and resourcefulness that people may have. And this is why mm. having diversity on set, but not just as bodies in front of the camera, actually people with this decision-making ability in, in roles is important because you, you get to learn all of this. Definitely. A woman after my own heart. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I want to talk to you about a term called design justice. Yeah. So it's a method developed by Ibada Wadud that you utilize in your shoots. Can you talk yeah. us through what it is? Well, it's also known as equity-centered design, and it was developed by a group of designers, actually. But I learned about this from Ibada, but she also iterates different models of equity-centered design in different contexts. And if you have a chance to look her up, please do. She's a goddess. But first of all, one of the reasons why this is implemented in Pies is because I do believe that we are all designers and I think we design systems in our everyday lives, whether it's to make our lives practical or to make our time more efficient. So we are designers, we are makers of, of systems. So the reason why I like this approach so much is because it sort of breaks down the academic and the status of being a designer and makes it accessible to everybody. Therefore, designing a better world or better societies is accessible to everybody. It's not just for a group of people who are academically or professionally in different positions. Secondly, going back to design justice and equity-centered design. So this is a practice that challenges the designer to examine their power and their privilege, especially these relationships in order to, within the community or with, with collaborations, to address the root causes of certain met needs, depending on which industry or in which context, which inherently create or feed oppressive systems. So... Step one, we need to acknowledge that inequity is by design, and I'll exemplify in a minute. And if we acknowledge that, then we can also acknowledge that we have enough agency to make design transformative and ecologically safe and sustainable. And I'll give you an example how design is inequitable from the get-go. For example, when I started, I was thinking about studios and sets and, and so on and places where we can practice our photography. And I am an able-bodied person, so accessibility in places is not something that I often think beyond my scope. So when I chose the studio, the two-story studio, I didn't even think about someone who wasn't able-bodied and how they would access and this was unconscious, it would just happen. And this is an example, again, a simple example, how I designed something. I was thinking, this agency, amazing, environmental, socially, all of this. And I was already designing something based on my biases that was inherently inequitable for a section of the community that I'm part of. So when I was introduced to this method of practicing design and creating a business, I was forced to hold myself accountable and acknowledge that my relationship to power sometimes leads to exclusion 
therefore oppression. That's the first step. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I love the way you explain things. It's like my favorite <laughs> thing. Just a, a note here. Eunice and I, for the audience, Eunice and I have known each other for a very long time. So, <laughs> so when I'm listening, I've heard her explain things before and I'm just obsessed with how she explains her, just her life. Go yeah. on, continue. So that's the first step. So to acknowledge that we all have these dynamics within the way that we design things or create things or operate in the world. I consider this and it was not easy moving forward. Let's just say that in the next photo production, I hire someone who is an able body as a co-producer. Yes. Or a stylist or an assistant, whomever in whatever role. Now, because I am aware of this, I can redesign or ideate or iterate ideally with that person as a direct participant, ways in which we can co-create a visual story that is more inclusive of not only the people on one side of the camera, but on all parts of the production. So instead, for example, of shooting outdoors where I normally would shoot, shoot, which is in the terrace, which is only accessible by stairs, I would photograph it outdoors downstairs where is the garden, for example. And I would create a whole story, a visual story around the fact that I want to have other people included in the story, not just visually, but in the creative process of creating the story. So this is one way that once we practice equity-centered design and we focus community, with central land community and justice as a civic practice, we can also create transformative designs that can sustain themselves without us being in the center of it. It's a really beautiful ideal to me. It's this idea of thinking past your own existence and having that community mindset where you're thinking about others' experience as well as your own. It's funny because this is actually something that's come to my mind more recently. It's really strange. I think this is something that we often forget in society where we expect everybody to just know and understand, don't we? We expect everybody to just be aware of somebody else's existence. But unfortunately, you can't be because it's not what you've lived. So not until it becomes apparent or it becomes it affects you in your own life that you have to consider it then that's when you have to think about things and I think that's why I think that this is so wonderful because it's really encouraging people to have that community mindset from the start and I think that's what we've often lacked yes and also it's sorry a love note to empathy yeah definitely we are more than just our lived experiences and we are part of something or of dynamics that exist beyond our living experiences And the same way that we're asking for businesses to empathize with the fact that maybe our voices haven't been brought to the table so often, we also have to practice that back into our community by addressing our dynamics with power and privilege. And again, it's all quantum, it's all related. I mean, if we continue with the example that I've just told you or any other example, creating opportunities, let's say that that person was co-producer in a photo production of pies, one, two, three, four, five times. 
next month they want to apply for a job opportunity as a producer in a different agency, earning more money, having more space, more network, whatever, more opportunities. So we're creating also financial opportunities to people that we not, not necessarily think about. And that's liberation to them to go on and do whatever it is that they deserve as humans and with dignity that we all deserve. So I think we need to start talking and thinking and having these conversations and ideating how we can do better in our businesses. Definitely. I think this this is a nice point for us to talk a little bit deeper about that social justice side of things. So we would all be really silly if we didn't acknowledge how imbalanced the fashion industry really is. We've all seen a lack of representation or even, as you mentioned earlier, appropriation within the creative direction. So how can photographers and creative teams ensure that they're implementing these ethical standards across every part of the production? I usually say if the photo doesn't match the production, we have a problem. If what's in front of the camera doesn't match what's behind the camera, we need to have a serious conversation and we need to go back to the drawing board and assess what it is that we're doing. And I do this, I I don't want to create any separation between talent and production because that's not it. But oftentimes as an observer, what I see what's happening in the fashion industry and especially fashion photography industries, what happened in my parents' time when businesses, especially in hospitality, became equal opportunity businesses, but the only people of color that were employed were cleaners. This is what I sometimes wonder if it's happening. We're using bodies, however, diversified in front of the camera. And especially with photography, it's such a beautiful facade because immediately the consumer once sees an image, thinks, oh, the brand is so inclusive because I see this image. So there's a twist to photography in which we can create even more lies, even more oppression by perpetuating certain images and contributing again with our sister industry fashion. So I just want to say, just again, talent and production are all same team, but I do sometimes fear that what we see is not necessarily what happens behind the scenes. So for photographers and creative teams, I would really think who it is that I'm hiring in different positions in a production. And if there's similarity to the visual stories that I'm creating. So for example, if I hire a transgender model, I better make sure that the producer or the stylist It's also from another marginalized community, if not the same. And if companies don't have the budget to have 10 staff productions, whatever, you can just share credits and have that person who's going to be featured to have some sort of producing credit or creative input so that the story becomes more authentic. And now you're creating an ecosystem of opportunities and authenticity in your stories that you probably didn't think of before. There's always solutions for any type of budgets, I say. That is such a good idea. I didn't even think about that before, sharing credits. Yeah. I always say diversity is being invited to the party, but inclusivity is being invited and being part of the party planning committee. And that's where the credits are. So it's like, if you're being booked for something, and you're the only person that's representing yeah. you yeah you do have to have a say otherwise it is just a lie and unfortunately most sets that we see right now are lies 
Yeah. So I run small productions. So sometimes it's just, especially I started, the pie started, began during the pandemic. So sometimes it was just two people. And that's when me and the other person talked and said, okay, let's just start sharing credits. And this is a practice that Pi now has. Everybody's a creator. And if whomever wants to go to work for a bigger company and do bigger things, we definitely will champion them as creative directors, as producers and whatever it is that they want because they are two creators of this beautiful world. I love that. So going back to this creator mindset, I've got two questions for you. So how would you like to see the industry change going forward? What are some tangible changes you want to see in the next few years? And then on the other side to that, with small photographers and creators, how can they look to lower their impact with shoots and productions that they're putting on? Okay, so I would love to see, and I think we're we're already seeing that, especially, I don't know if it's in my bubble or not, but I see more of the centralized approach to creating visual work, but I want to see it everywhere and in every system, in every business, a more decentralized idea, especially if we talk about sustainability, environmental and social justice, and we look at ecosystems, we do have the opportunity to to look outside and try to understand that. And and not just try to understand, understand that top-down structure isn't reflective of the natural world that we live in. Therefore, it's unsustainable anyways. So we might as well just make peace with that. I'm hoping for a more equitable industry, fashion industry, fashion photography industry, equitable in access less wasteful, of course, more authentic in general. Because I think also as photographers, we do hold responsibility when it comes to perpetuating certain toxicities, toxic narratives and ideals that are not necessarily represented or representative of the realities that we live in. And we have to start addressing that as individuals and as a community and also as photographers and this is really important we are in a unique position fashion photographers in particular of demanding accountability from our partners in the fashion industry because i think oftentimes we talk about consumer responsibility but people in marketing people in photography hold so much not just responsibility but also a unique access because when i ask about business practices to my what they are partners fashion brands it's a much easier conversation than when i'm a consumer because i get a sales pitch and then i'm greenwashed and all yada 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 we all know that so we also have to understand that we're not just a service we are our own agents and we do hold responsibility of holding each other accountable every time we intersect. That's first. Second, for photographers and creative teams, big or small, the first step is, this is what I did, write a list of all the steps that one takes in their practice, within their practice. So from concept to execution, from pitching to a brand to execution, whatever it is that you do, and look to ways to minimize environmental impact and include more people. And you, because these are two, they're related. As soon as you start including people in your community, you're reducing waste because you're not going to 
other town or other country to get all these resources, you're there, you're in that ecosystem. So reduce on one hand to reduce waste by investing in people in your community. That's what I'd say. But first, make a list of all the steps so that you can assess and streamline all the processes better. Secondly, educate yourself with the industries that you work with because liberation transformation is a collective responsibility. And if you are in doubt of any of these things, you can reach out to me and I can help you walk through those things. Fantastic, great tips. Really, really, really great tangible tips. I think that's something that we're really trying to give our audience this season is those really tangible, useful tips that they can then utilize going forward in their business or because as I said to you yesterday, Charlotte, I've had a few people message me saying, oh, where do I start? I want to start a brand. How can I be ethical? How can I do this? There's so many different things to think about. And these are great tips and things that people can apply in Mm -hmm. a sustainable or more ethical way to help them create those businesses or those shoots that then lower their impact and are more inclusive and just better. That's what we're all trying to achieve at the end of the day. We're just trying to be better. We're just trying to be better. Yeah, do better. Don't gatekeep anything as well. Yeah. Mm. Monopoly is, doesn't help anybody with anything. Because at the end of the day, you want to drink clean water and breathe fresh air. You might as well just redistribute equally. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so Eunice, if we wanted to find you on the internet, where should we look? So Instagram, pies.agency, website, www.pies.agency linkedin is the same name um yeah email me i love having things to read and also to help people do better i usually hold office hours every six weeks for creatives who want to start thinking about their practices more ethically and implement so yeah if you drop me an email we can sort that out and by next year, we'll start yeah. consulting with businesses as well to find their processes uh, when it comes to photography. So there's that too. Can I just say, there's something. this is something that I really love about what we do, Charlotte, is that I do <laughs> collaboration. Yeah. No, it's like the collaboration over that competition side of it. Like mm. you're giving out, you're saying people can email her. If you're listening, please, and you're a creative and you want to learn, email her utilize these tools that you have at your disposal because not everybody does she's inviting you to email her please do so <laughs> like we did it even with another episode that we had somebody else said email me contact me they want to help people and i think yeah it's people teaching it's these all industry and change makers putting themselves out there like yourself Eunice, to be able to then say to the next generation coming up after us this is how you do it so we've come to the end of the podcast Thank you so much for listening to Sustainably Influence and make sure that you're following us and liking and subscribing on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast provider and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye!